when you yeah. get it just right, you're just like, oh, that was butter <laughs> coming out of my mouth. And welcome to Injury Time Podcast. I'm Jordan Robinson. And for the second time trying to record this episode, I'm Darren Matthews. Yeah, well, this is, uh, yeah, this is, um, what is it? It's, it's a danger of being a podcaster when uh, you spend a whole day planning and prepping an episode to have the recording kind of like fuck up on you. So uh, that's the reality that we find ourselves in. And so, hey, let's just talk about the about hour and a half that we talked about yesterday but again to make it funnier <laughs> well i was well i was gonna say i personally felt it was the funniest episode we've ever done and I no know. one's ever gonna hear it so sorry guys we set the bar high <laughs> uh this episode i i'm confident will be like still pretty good but i just don't i'm just kind of worried it's not going to reach those heady heights that no one will ever actually understand that we we got to in yeah. of podcasting so um it's one of those things remember remember the first ordeal we had with the first episode when yes. it wasn't even injury times it was sports ball uh, and uh uh yeah and like nobody will ever hear that first episode uh apart great from episode us. Too. Great. It, it was great. fantastic set the bar yeah. really and we haven't yeah. i mean like the one we just recorded was the first time we got over that bar but now i reckon not that I'm saying this episode's going to be subpower because we have a great guest, but yeah. yeah, yeah, I mean, like you can't lightning doesn't strike twice. Yeah, pretty much we're going into this episode with the enthusiasm of Tottenham moving stadium. That's what we're doing. <laughs> there we go. Uh, yes. So yeah, it's been it's been a kind of weird week in sport. Um, the NHL fervently deny the global warming's a problem. Uh, did you see Bye. this? Yeah, tell tell the folks at home what they did because I thought this was great. Now this, this is a yearly tradition, but just not yeah. where it was the other day, right? Uh, so they put uh, an outside ice hockey game on an outside rink yeah. in the middle of Nevada, mm-hmm. in Lake Tahoe. <laughs> yeah, on a golf course, and play had to be suspended halfway through the second period because the ice was melting. Like they, they genuinely were surprised that that had happened. <laughs> I mean, like uh, they ended up being able to play the game later on tonight when it got colder and, you know, that big ball of fire went away. <laughs> yeah. They were able to fill the rest of the game. But like, man, I mean, I hope someone got fired for that. Like if they were going to organize, uh, if you're going to organize somewhere that's traditionally hot, but would, is at present cold enough to have a hockey game, go to Texas. You know what yeah. I mean? crazy in fact yes definitely in in dallas texas you wouldn't even need to pay for an outdoor rink just go in one of the rivers you'll be grand yeah pretty much may not be regulation like level and stuff like that you get spirit level if you want but that's too much effort yeah let's just i mean here it's it's just somewhere to do it yeah because traditionally that game is in like canada right where at present in this time of year it's minus 10 (laughs) yeah and like all uh kind of like the northeastern like you know places like buffalo pittsburgh Detroit, Boston. They did it in Fenway Park one year when the uh, I was about yeah the Flyers were playing the Bruins, um, okay. which uh, yeah that would have been a pretty cool spectacle. Boston, or uh, what you call them? Uh, Dropkick Murphys played the um, played like a, a set to open the whole thing and then played the national anthem as well. And, That's pretty uh, cool. Yeah, yeah. If, if it's in Boston, it's either fucking Dropkick Murphys or Flog and Molly doing it. Like it's one of the two. Uh, 
Well, I was, well, was going to say Dropkick Murphys are who's the other the other massive Boston band are Aerosmith. Anything Boston is Aerosmith. Oh, and Pe- Dropkick Pixies Murphys. as well. <laughs> My favorite band from, of all time. Are the they Pixies. from Boston? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that time when I was just like, oh yeah, I saw them in Canada, and you're like, you fucking what? I was like, yeah. yeah. No, sure, you meant it. I'm going to. I'm well. Uh, actually, I don't know if I'm going to go to Galway, even if it's going ahead. But sure, uh, I will live in hope. Um, Hopefully so. Might get in some sport while you're over there. What uh-huh. else was on the news for for the week apart from the fact that? <laughs> The NHL are absolute clowns. Right. Uh, there's a couple of trade rumors in the old NFL. I can't leave it. Uh, I, I'm Super Bowl drunk. I, I'm still Super Bowl drunk. I'll probably sober up around end of March time, uh, just for, in time for baseball season. But yeah. that being said, I, uh, I've seen a couple of trade rumors that have just kind of got me even more excited now for the new season to start. So Carson Wentz, the starting quarterback, for the Philadelphia Eagles has been traded yep. to the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know, Carson Wentz is what we would call a franchise player. As yeah. in he's like, you think he's going to be there forever. Like, like yeah. Brady at the Patriots. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You think that's going to happen. But I guarantee you, you see if the Colts win it, uh, I think it's, no, <laughs> you know what would be funny? Because Philadelphia uh, made it to the Super Bowl against the Patriots in Minnesota uh, and was able to uh, play or obviously win the Super Bowl. Um, but unfortunately, Carson Wentz got injured, so the backup quarterback, Nick Foles, had to go in. Uh, he got tr- traded the next season to Jacksonville, and ever since then, the quarterback role has gone straight to... Um, uh, oh, fuck. What's his name? <laughs> what? It's gone straight to... What, what do you mean, Wentz in Carson, Philadelphia? Yeah, Carson or? Wentz. I completely forgot Carson Wentz's name there. <laughs> I thought you were going to tell me about, like, Nick Foles got traded, and but the way you were telling that story set up, like, Nick Foles got traded, but it was the other Jacksonville quarterback was thing because you forgot Wentz's name. I was like, yeah, well, he's not I talking about... Rem- yeah, I was like, he's not talking about Wentz because he, he just said his name 12 <laughs> seconds ago, so... Who are you on about, Jordan? Oh, uh, Carson Wentz. Um, yeah. So, like, and he was injured for the uh, Super Bowl game, obviously, so he didn't get to go. What yeah. What would happen if he takes Indianapolis to the playoffs, gets them to the uh, division championships, gets injured? The Colts, make, the Colts make it to the Super Bowl and win it. I mean, yeah. like, you, you want him and your team just for a good luck omen, but he will never get a Super Bowl wing, like. It's like good luck Chuck of quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah. You want him uh, there, but he's not going to be the guy that takes you there. Exactly. You know I mean? Right. Exactly. He's lucky rabbit's foot. Um, <laughs> and if he doesn't have a clothing brand called lucky rabbit's foot at the end of his career, I mean, like I gave him that one for free. Mm-hmm. Um, another, another uh, trade rumor is uh, JJ Watt going to the Cleveland Browns. Now, uh, I, I have been recorded as saying the Cleveland Browns are like um, the Barry football club of the NFL, just simply because they're shite uh, and are at risk, risk of dissolving. But yeah. now they have Jarvis Landry. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. will be hopefully back this season. Uh, and with the addition of J.J. Watt, man, it, yeah, it kind of feels like it's like Burnley signing Messi almost in his position. Yeah. If you know Is what I mean, a point as a where, linebacker. Because I mean, the Browns got into their, their like they get into a playoff position this year. They were in the, they the final eight. They got to yeah, they got they got to the wild card game against Pittsburgh, who That's obviously right. we cursed by saying they're going to have a perfect season because they were nine and zero and the Best very next game ever. Yeah, <laughs> poor old Ben Roethlisberger. Um, 
But yes, yeah, so that that's very interesting. And that's why I'm so excited for the season to start because you see if the Browns in the draft, you see if they can draft like an all-star quarterback from college, like that, that, that they're contenders in my eyes, look. Okay. But Just need to be able to do it first. Mm-hmm. Uh, any news regarding the old guy? Yeah, the news is that there is no news. It's um, still on waiting on government approval for whatever the guidelines are, the health guidelines in the Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland. So the GA usually just kind of follows on, makes their decisions based on what the official guidelines are. Mm-hmm. And then they'll kind of decide their games. But uh, the throw up at the minute is, do we do county first or we do club first? County yeah. first would probably make more sense because there's less players involved then. Mm-hmm. So you can keep everybody COVID safe and all that sort of stuff. And then with a bit of luck in the summertime, we'll all be hacking lumps out of each other again with the old hurls and playing seasons and like we didn't even get to play our 2020 season so there's extra games there to be played if they let us play that as mm-hmm. pre-season we just oh, play last good. year's championship which could be good because there's nothing quite gets you match fit like getting fit playing matches so yeah right <laughs> with a bit with a bit of luck that's what's coming but yeah the news is that they ain't not choose until we, until we yeah wait and see which is the worst which is what we've been doing for yeah ever. which is the worst news yeah um but yeah apart from that like uh I think we've covered pretty much all the news you see this is the problem with re-recording it and not having written anything down because we're both kind of you know really good improvisers so we kind of just you know shoot from the belt kind of and uh we haven't written anything down so i think we've covered all the uh the points for this week have we yeah well yeah, just just yeah. just the opening points and yeah. obviously as well you are an actual improviser so that's... right i know crazy yeah. right yeah. <laughs> it's funny that the actual improviser is the one that goes like mm, uh wait mm-hmm, oh what was that guy's name all the time uh <laughs> which yeah. you know doesn't make sense but sure um, I, i'm it- i'm always always thrown back anytime anyone talks about improvising or improv at all it's always just that scene in uh ted 2 where they're shouting terrible things at the improv yeah <laughs> yeah it's like ground zero <laughs> Yeah, 9-11. <laughs> Please stop shouting 9-11, sir. Uh, perfect, time, perfect time to segue into this week in sport. This week in sport. This week we start off on Tuesday night of the Champions League. Now, uh, we did cover these in the games to watch in last episode. Barcelona I watched, against I watched my game. Yeah, did you uh, watch well, your game? Did you do your homework? <laughs> I, uh, I did not do my homework, but for the simple cause that I forgot BT Sport was a thing. And I'm not yeah. paying 36 quid to watch Liverpool. Um, but yeah, who I had PSG in Leipzig to win. Didn't you have Barcelona I, and Liverpool? Yeah. <laughs> we just can't catch a break. <laughs> yeah, one each. One fucking each. So yeah, uh, so yeah uh, Barcelona got beat at home uh, to a Kylian Mbappe hat-trick and a Loney from Everton having a tap in as well. Yeah, it was yeah. A, a big old finish. Like a four-one a, a is quite quite a kick in for a team yeah. like Barcelona. Four-one's bad for anybody, but yeah, that's uh, that was a thing. That was a thing. It's kind of weird that um, Barcelona get a consolation goal <laughs> before PSG score any of their goals, but that's all yeah. it was in the end. Like, mm, it, it wasn't good. But that, I mean, that was the only the games then on Tuesday because there was there was more games on Wednesday anyway because obviously TV is. Stretching oh, yeah. out to put on as many games as they can. Exactly, because player safety isn't a thing, apparently. Well, no one can go to a fucking match. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Liverpool ended up winning 2-0 uh, against Leipzig. 
Um, and I, I'm not quite sure in terms of like where they're playing them. There's only like four or five different stadiums, right? To cut down on travel. Yes, because so Porto and Juventus was on mm. Wednesday, but I think one of the other games was played in Juventus the night before or in Turin, sorry. So Yeah, that's weird. It's, it's a weird, weird system. Uh, on Tuesday night, uh, the Netflix Premiership was also on. Uh, Glenn Torum with a big 3-1 win at Shamrock Park against uh, Porter Down. Porty Down. Um, Korean beating Balamina at the showgrounds 1-0. Uh, Glen Avon uh, and Carrick Rangers drew down in Lurgan and 1-1 Warren Point Dungannon. Uh, yeah, uh, that was Warren Point Dungannon. That was, that was obviously in Dungannon because, as I said to you, I think Warren Point have had five out of their six games last home yeah. games postponed because of weather. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I, like the scenery in Warren Point is amazing, but the weather, not so. <laughs> yeah, I, like I don't think it was um, our, uh, the way that happened. I don't think it was a particularly harsh winter, so that's kind of grim that their games keep getting pulled. Right. Um, moving out. on to Wednesday, uh, Bullham were playing uh, Bullham, <laughs> Burnley were playing Fulham 1 1. <laughs> I beg your pardon. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, what my statement of Fulham staying up, it's it's gaining credibility. Yeah, this is one of the ones that we maybe should have thrown a fiver at a few yeah. weeks ago when they were absolutely dead <laughs> in the water. They're, I think one win takes them to within two points in Newcastle, who obviously aren't having a fun time right now. They are definitely not. And Man City uh, beat Everton 3-1 as well. Richarlison is in some form at the minute because he just can't stop scoring, apparently. He's in really yeah, good it's form. Yeah, it's good. It's kind of cool as well to see teams that may not be top of the Premier League, but people that are still kind of pushing and challenging. And I think players, not that you wouldn't expect to be doing well, but their their names appearing on the score sheet quite a lot. Richarlison yeah. is definitely one of them. Yeah. And then like Madison for Leicester as well. Yeah. So. Uh-huh. Yeah, definitely. And like even some strikers as well, because you didn't expect anything from Calvert-Lewin this season or Patrick Bamford, but they've been two really, really bright sparks, young English players. Like, so it's great for the, Obviously, the England national team, but as we've been over, we yeah. Um, <laughs> moving on to the Champions League. Uh, now I didn't I didn't predict this first score because I don't think anyone did. Um, uh, who lives outside of Portugal, but FC Porto beat Juventus two one. Yep. I uh, yeah. I'm I'm not quite sure what happened there. And it was, they were up two 0 They scored in the first minute, and then the first minute after half time. So it is literally the textbook definition of striking while the iron's hot, you know, getting the first punch in kind of thing. Yeah, it was pretty much kickoff, obviously, because there's teams that decide to kind of pass about a wee bit, settle into the game. Porter were like, we need to catch Juve on the surprise because, well, it's Juventus. So right. that's what they did. Yeah, Got a goal hang in there. Yeah, well, that's, <laughs> hey. Uh, and what, yeah, that was in Porto, right? Uh, I think that was yeah well Porto are listed as the first team in my list so I'm guessing that was a home game same here Uh, Sevilla against Dortmund now I would have said this was probably game of the week in terms of Champions League games because we found out that um, you know you can score goals against Dortmund they're not like it's not like a brick wall that you can't get through but Inga Holland my god he is not from this planet he is like Siggy Stardust in the seventies, like what? One of the big ones as well is now the Afri's had another banger of a game that the rumor mill is that mine and Ed are going to go in for him, and I'm like, I think I think we might have wasted our money. Uh, we've probably spent our big big spend with the Pogba money, so mm. I'm not sure where we're going to produce whatever it is because there's no way Dortmund's letting that lad go for a few quid. Like, no, definitely not. It will be at least 
three yeah. bigger million. Like, uh, he's, and, he's a special player. Yeah, also, uh, at, uh, well, actually, I'll cover that um, when we get to the weekend's game. But, like, <laughs> I, I like it the way um, we normally think. Like, oh, Europa League, all the grip stage is over, so we don't have to do, like, 50 million games. But <laughs> when you check it, you go, like, there's still a fucking lot of games. <laughs> yeah. All right, do, give me, give me uh, two of your picks of games, and I'll give you two, because there are just so many. Okay, uh, I'm going to go Tottenham beating Wolfsburger AC 4-1. Uh, mm-hmm. And blah, 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 blah. yeah, I'll go Rangers beating Antwerp 4-3. That's a, that's a lot of goals. Like That is, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I left, obviously, your, uh, uh, your beloved to you. I'll let you do them. I was going to say I wasn't going to do that because I would like to think that Man United could beat Real Sociedad, but... Also didn't realize that Real Sociedad had uh, David Silva and Yamazai playing for yeah, them. My Yamazai. picks, I probably would have been kind of more a bit more random ones where I didn't think, I would have thought SC Milan would have beat Red Star Belgrade. They drew 2-2. Yeah, you really would have thought that like, but. And also I would have thought that Leicester would have been fit to beat Slavia Prague, but it was a nil-nil draw. So yeah, two draws that I wouldn't have called. I would have picked the winners out of those. And then. It's good United won 4 0 because it's obviously we go into the next round and there's a bit of a mm. throw the kids out, give them a run around with a bit of luck. Exactly That's what right. happens. Um, but the whole thing with Leicester playing Slavia Prague, you have to remember that that's the team that we bought Thomas. Uh, so check yourself before you wreck yourself. So you have to be careful when you're going like when you're bad mouthing his ex team. I'm not bad mouthing at all. I'm just cool. saying, probably with Leicester's team sheet and money, they should be able to beat them because they sold so check. <laughs> Fair. Okay. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, moving on to Friday, one Premier League game, which was a cure for insomnia. Wolves beat Leeds one nil at Molyneux. I didn't get to see any of that. Was it any good or was Boring it just as fuck. Boring uh, as fuck. Yeah. Stay no, away goal and then close the game. Essentially, that's what it was like. Um, but moving on to Saturday. Now Saturday was a day for it. Yes, you know what I mean? It was, I watched a lot of football Saturday, I which was impressive because I was in work at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting paid to watch football. Uh, so the early kickoff was uh, Southampton, uh, a.k.a. Danny Ings FC, uh, against uh, the Ghost of Christmas Past uh, team, Chelsea. <laughs> I'm, I'm liking the way I'm remembering to call him the Ghost of Christmas Past because that's normally something I forget. But yeah, forget it, your, your own slag and nickname. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, surprisingly, Danny Ings did not score. It's the loney from Liverpool, Minamino. Yeah, I was going to say, I think he's doing so well as it happened that I'm surprised they haven't called him back. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right. Especially, he's going to say, wait a minute, is that Sadio Mane? Oh, no, it's just one of our loan players back at Southampton. It normally goes yeah. the other way, like so it's probably a bit weird for them. Uh, yeah. And then Mason Mount getting a penalty for uh, Chelsea. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, like, it's nice to see Southampton because that was that that that's a good result for them. You know, Chelsea are still a top club, um, just yeah. with the quality of players and stuff like that. So that was good for them. Now, Burnley against West Brom. This was the most Sam Allardyce game ever. Like West Give us Brom, the video was it? Yeah. yeah, West Brom get uh, a player sent off in the 30th minute. It was straight red. It was a purposeful handball and. They bossed the game for the rest of the game and they were very unlucky not to come away with the three points. I mean, Jesus. like it defies logic. Um, that was one of the games that I did watch. I also watched this one. Um, I, actually, I watched the second half of it. Um, the final nail in Liverpool's season for the Premiership, at least in my humble opinion, was a 2-0 defeat 
in the Merseyside Derby at Anfield. Man. What did I tell you the first time we recorded this? They haven't lost at Anfield to an Everton team since 1999. Massive. Breaking all kinds of records, eh, Cloppy? Um, <laughs> oh, I show yeah. Um, yeah, third minute in, Richarlison scores again. And a rather uh, suspect penalty given to Guilfi Sigurdsson right at the death in the 83rd minute. I think the... Uh, I would say probably against Liverpool, Everton would have the same kind of thing which panics you as a West Ham fan, which is 1-0 is just not enough. Mm-hmm. It's too tense. Yeah, 2-0, right. bit of breathing room. You're expecting them to score at least one. Uh, it, it just never came. It, it just I don't know what happened. Uh, it wasn't a case that it was a brilliant game. Everton played well, but Liverpool weren't great. The penalty itself was probably sus because... I get why it was given in the letter of the law because he impedes the player. Like he would have got to the ball had he not been obstructed. But the player who fouled him is just on the way to the ground. He just he just falls in front of him. Yeah, so it's, it's not it's, it's challenging for a ball kind of thing. Yeah, it was it was sort of unfortunately. Even I said I was just like this. Obviously, kills me to say, but I was just like never a penalty. So yeah, that's very strange. You, sorry, I just I went blank there. I, I didn't know what was happening there. Um, Fulham. Uh, beat Sheffield United as well. This was I feel a real like you've adopted. I feel like you've adopted like. Fulham. So. Man, I just like to see Scotty Parker do well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, one nil. I think that that's probably Sheffield, who decided that their big uh, charge was going to be to fucking beat United. Thanks very much. And, <laughs> and then <laughs> and then lose to Fulham. That was it. They just had one week where they were absolutely oh, there's hope yet, and then just. <laughs> I have Fulham beat them on the night, so yeah, it's uh, tense enough. But yeah, no, Saturday was a banger, a banger day for games, and then yeah. of course there was four more on Sunday as well. So yeah, but there's still there's still quite a lot to get through on Saturday. So I know we don't normally uh, go into the realm of Bundesliga, even though it's a, a league that I like quite a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, a fucking day of upsets, like so. Frankfurt FC, Eintracht Frankfurt beat Bayern Munich two one. Okay, that's Which, massive for them. Decent, decent, because obviously Munich are uh, only two points ahead of Leipzig now. Wolfsburg are having a very good season as well. But the game I wanted to talk about uh, was, um, I forget what the derby itself is called. Uh, the, is it the Rhineland derby between Shakhtar and Dortmund? Oh, is there a name of it? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, that's the main derby. Um, so... Borussia Dortmund ended up winning 4-0 in their derby in a season where Schalke are at the base of the table, uh, looking like it's a definite, it's a sure thing that they're going down. And Inga Holland just, it, yeah, it's just hard to put into words how good that player is at the minute. Like he is on one hell of a heart streak. I saw a video of him the other day and I'm not sure if it was that game or what game it was, but there was a cross comes in and he has his back to the goal and turns and scores. Yeah. Have you seen that one? Yeah, that was the Schalke game. How how did he do that? That's like a like that's device physics the shit he did there. Like right, right. Uh moving on to the Niffle Premiership for Saturday. Now mm-hmm. it, it's big for a number of reasons. Uh number one, uh so Lauren got beat one nil by Cliftonville at Solitude. Glenavon ended up winning 4-3 uh, against Carrick Rangers. Uh, Crusaders finally got a win after five games without a win, which is really what we kind of needed. Uh, 2-1 win at home against Ballymena. 
For anyone who can't tell the despair in his voice, Jordan is in fact a Crusaders fan. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm not quite sure why this is. Um, the Warren Point Glen Torren game kind of got uh, postponed, uh, yeah. as you mentioned. Um, and the other big thing is Limfield and Coleraine drew, which technically is the best result for us because uh, Coleraine are right behind us, Limfield are top of the league. So if we could have had both teams lose, that would have been great. But uh, they yeah, all they just really point shared um, there. So moving on to Sunday. Now, Sunday, I, I, I don't need to tell you this. Uh, it was a great day for football, right? Absolutely. Uh, so n- number one, we start off with a lovely brunch of West Ham beating Tottenham Hotspur, which uh, I'm just going to say that again. West Ham beat Tottenham Hotspur. It is the one game you always want to win during the season. And West Ham, yeah, go ahead with a Miguel Antonio goal in the first half, followed by Jesse Lingard scoring again. Now, we've mentioned this previously. I'm going to have to eat humble pie here because he has been an amazing bit of business to get the London Stadium. Look, Yeah. I think, I mean, Lingard, as I said, from United, that he sort of took on like a one-year contract and they've loaned him. It's pretty much seems to be that kind of bit of business where United are loaning him out, let him get scored, let him get his price up because they're going to sell him anyway. Yeah. So he's doing a banger job at West Ham where there's a place for him. Mm. There's obviously no place for him in the present idea of the setup of Man United. So, exactly. But yeah, he's been absolutely class, man. He's been uh, he's been actually scoring, showing that he is a goal scorer as well as uh, he's been all over the pitch as well. So fair play I, I am very happy that he's with us. But in uh, uh, I think it was in the last podcast we um, recorded you were saying, uh, do you think that West Ham would make uh, a go to try and sign him full-time? Uh, I reckon that... Um, I don't think with Lanzini at the club uh, that will be uh, something that would be in the future, but obviously, if you're picking one of the two, I mean, like, Lanzini's got one goal this season and Lingard's already scored three. So, hmm. you know, who, like it, it seems like an obvious choice on form. So it'll be very interesting come uh, maybe the transfer window or maybe he just yeah, goes it, back to United. Who knows? Well, I was going to say he could do that or if he's doing well, United will be like, fuck, that's another goal scoring option. And also we don't know what Lanzini's contracted. So West Ham might have to keep him because they have him. nobody's going to buy him out if he's three or four know. years left. <laughs> yeah, Lazio will do it. They love buying p- uh, people off West Ham for some reason. I don't Fair understand enough. it. Let, let yeah. them at it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Leicester uh, beats Aston Villa 2-1. At Villa yeah. Park, and uh, yeah, that that's them. What up to third now? Still level yeah, on points. Ma- Madison scored one of the sweetest goals I've seen. It was beautiful. yes, I Just... saw the I saw the match of the yeah. day. It was incredibly sweet. Um, yeah. Arsenal only ended up getting beat by City one 0 Yeah, I think that's a testament. I don't think that's a slag at Arsenal. I think that's a testament to how good Man City are. Whenever we're deciding that we think they're going to beat Arsenal two or three easy. Yeah. And they're like, no, we'll just fuck up a couple of bets here and also take yeah. three points. <laughs> and much, yeah. glory, glory, Man United. 3-1. 3-1 against Newcastle, who continue to to sort of flounder a bit. Um, not a fair result, I would say, because oh. Newcastle, there was long periods that they were in charge of the game. They had options. They had a couple of good goal-scoring opportunities. But they seem to be... Newcastle don't seem to be a bad team. They seem to be a fairly unfortunate team. They're... Mm. There's a lot, a lot of bad luck. I'd say if you listen to our friend Mick Conlon, he would say they're shite, but mm. he is a Newcastle fan, so he's allowed to say that. Yeah, yeah, he's allowed to. No, we can like only be your own uh, brother. Only you can, can do it. We can only be constructive. Of. Yeah, we can yeah. only be constructive in our criticism. But yeah, 3-1. 
a few more points for United. But uh, at present, it seems to be that not that the league is over, but it, it kind of continues to be even more unlikely. I think the odds of United winning the league now are 55 to 1 or something. So I think on Paddy Power the other day, Man City were 1 to 88. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's like, oh, I, I give you 80 quid and you give me a pound back. No, thanks. Uh, yeah, three different goal scorers as well. Daniel James on the uh, score sheet again. Yeah, that was good because he scored in the Europa League the other night. Exactly, and then yeah. he actually had one disallowed, scored one, and then he scored the other day against Newcastle. So he's fighting hard for a place, uh, which, is, which is great to see. Uh, Rashford back on the scoring sheet again. Uh, and like, uh, you know, it's really hard to talk bad about Marcus Rashford this season because of his humanitarian efforts off the pitch. Uh, but also he like at the start of the season was on great form I think he's now finding uh, he's kind of like rebounded from having like a wee bad spell to being like okay yeah he's one of the best players in England at the minute as well I mean like there's there's so many to talk about but yeah I think Rashford's in contention and definitely should be mentioned in the uh, uh, England squad for the Euros oh yeah yeah I think we should do an episode about that because there are so many good players and if we like, okay, we'll pick our own England teams to go into uh, 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 the Euros this year. Okay. Yeah, we'll do an episode. It might be a mini episode, but uh, we'll find out. Um, and Bruno Fernandez as well, getting another penalty, getting the old, uh, getting all these scores up. And today, uh, as we speak, thirty minutes gone, Crystal Palace are one 0 up against Brighton. Oh yeah, just scored there now. Yeah, very strange. Uh, uh, it's Jordan Ayew as well. Yeah, Which, you are you correct. Dace. Also, uh, something else that uh, was really funny. I can't remember what exactly I said to you uh, yesterday, but I do know that I talked to you something about, I think it was something about Celtic yesterday. It was Oh, it was the, the fact about where Rangers can win the league. Did I tell you that one? Uh, yeah, um, you did. Yeah, so basically if uh, Rangers don't drop any points, they will... Uh, how do you put it? They will lift the league. Yeah, at Celtic Park whenever they play them, unless Celtic can beat them on that day, obviously. But Celtic lost to Ross County, who are yeah. the literal bottom of the league. So that's that's kind of how their day is going. Um, I, I'm not totally sure if they're even going to let Neil Lennon. The, like you can't you can't save the season, but do you sack him now or do you wait till the summer and try and make it look like a good bit of business where they give him the faith of the board and then quietly yeah. move him on in the summertime when people aren't paying attention yeah uh, well like if he returns home to Lurgan I assume that he will be sacrificed to some Celtic god um yeah, probably. yeah I'm looking forward to that because you know some to bring the kids too but um uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh that uh, there's no rugby on because it was a break in the six nations uh mm-hmm. no hurling uh there's a little bit of ice hockey we talked about it briefly with the um Lake Tahoe classic that was on this week um, but yeah, in terms of this week in sport, that's it. Uh, are you ready for some story time? I'm always ready for some story time. Excellent, because we have one hell of a guest. Uh, yeah, so that was this week in sport. It's all about the uh, it's the only fucking muggy hug. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you are together genuinely. I was like, where, what's this function for this split? Because it looks like that bit of uh. Yeah, yeah. Divide, yeah. It's, it's like a split screen. No, uh, <laughs> he's, uh, he's vaccinated and I've been COVID, so we're right. It's a comfort. The odd couple. Yeah. 
Um, but yes, uh, we'd like to welcome, uh, uh, like, how do you even describe him? Uh, I'm going to go uh, comedy, but he was, what are you going to go with? Um, Part-time popular, full-time popular. Uh, Mr. Shane Todd. Uh, hi, Shane. What's crack? I'll I'll take either of those. I was going to say cute, but um, I'll take either of those guys, and I'm, I'm delighted to be <laughs> here. Darren is uh is representing for the occasion with the retro Man United shirt, and I genuinely upstairs have I don't know if you've mentioned the topic we're talking about, but I have the most applicable shirt for that. Oh, yeah? Honestly, I weighed it up and I was like, my son got up at 5 a.m. this morning, he's teething, and I'm not willing to go upstairs to put the shirt on, but it would have been great. In case you're going to wake him up, is it, uh, it's obviously uh, a jersey Sir Cantona would have worn, is it? Which, which one is it? This it's is, this is obviously the Kung Fu Cantona outfit. <laughs> it's, the, it's the quintessential, yeah, like what player one? Like, I've got that guy's blood on it. It's, yeah. uh, <laughs> It's, it's the one I have is I've, so I've got that but I actually have Irwin on the back Irwin 3 um, and I have that quintessential sharp view cam red one with the black collar with Cantona 7 on the back oh nice is, I have the um, or, I don't have it when I'm a kid I had the, the Irwin 3 on the back as well but it was the um, white collar but for some reason they had laces in yeah, the yeah. 1993 yeah. first, first Premier League don't know what the list. We're about ladies to say it was quickly lost in the wash. Yeah, I, I was the I was the reverse. So that shirt that you're wearing yeah. was the first shirt I ever had in like obviously a very small boy set and I gigs eleven on it. And then the red one I was talking about, that was the second shirt, and I also had Cantona seven at the time on, on that. Um I, I've I think I've got about from say ninety-four, I'd say I've got 80% of the United shirts, but I stopped about five years ago. You know, there's an age where you're like, you know, you don't need the home yeah. away. And shirt. Yeah, there, there hasn't been that much uh, kind of variation since like they won the Champions League in 2008 for me to go like, okay, yeah, that's a nice shirt to buy kind of thing. But I'm kind of one of those rare kind of people where um, I will buy, I like, I only support one team, but I will buy the shirt of any team. But, well, I'm the couple, like, I'm, I'm, I'm the, the, you know, yeah. Yeah, I'm the same, and I don't know why it feels weird. Like, so I support right. Man United, but really, when you break it down, I'm football fans will hate this, but like, I guess I'm a huge football fan. But Manchester United essentially is a business in England. You know what I mean? It's like it's like me supporting Greg's. It's like <laughs> why can I not also eat in I don't know Pie Maker? And when, <laughs> you know, it's like it's weird because it's just a group of guys that play a sport, and it's not like they've always been. You know, I can understand that people like are really into a boxer or a fighter and they yeah. get behind him. But like the team, there's been like a thousand guys that have played for the team. And now it's just like all these new guys. It's like the cast of Love Island. They're just different every year. Um, so I'll wear it. And when people go, mate, you can't wear that. You support Man United. I go, hey, I'm 32. What are you doing? <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't play for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. One of the things as well is like I, I've known them for like 10 years. And I am a United fan. I always just thought you were like non-committal to any team that you just loved football. I never knew you were a proper United fan. I say fan. I yeah, I would say I I follow Man United. I support Man United. Try and get to a game every season, and I kind of cheer them on. But um, at the same time, maybe this doesn't make me a fan. If Man United got beat twenty-seven nil against Burnley for toxic, I would find that hilarious, and it wouldn't ruin my day. <laughs> So like 
I, I, I love I love Man United because I grew up supporting them, but I think my relationship with football over time has changed it where I just appreciate football in general and it's not like I hate this team Man United are playing against. Like it'd be good if Man United win, but realistically it's not gonna it's not gonna alter my day. There's more important things to worry about. Yeah, I th- I think it's just like a level of maturity like most um like fan cultures get. Uh, and uh, speaking of maturity, we're speaking of a fine vintage of the French man today, and that is Eric Cantona. And yes, I am king of the segues after that statement. It was well tidied up because me and him obviously were just going to do half an hour, sorry. <laughs> but also you were looking at me like, what the fuck are you talking about, Joe? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so um, growing up, uh, obviously you saying like uh, you had gigs and uh, Erwin and stuff like that in your shirt. Was Cantona like the guy? Like, cause you know, everyone has that yes. one kind of like, no matter what he does, no matter where he goes, he's always like, you know, kind of like God here in your eyes. Was Cantona that for you or? He would have been, but with a couple of other United players from around that time, it wasn't just Cantona for me. It's more, more, I have more of an appreciation looking back now because you don't really appreciate at that age, but Cantona was the player that would do, that was capable of like doing something different or trying mm. something that other players wouldn't. So it's more like looking back now, it's a it. I, I'm so upset that he doesn't play now. You know what I mean? Like, and that's mm. that's not really if players come and go, but that's that's one time I look back on. And think God should have appreciated him a bit more when he was playing. But then when you're five, six, seven, you're you're not really watching football. But yeah, he was certainly like who I would have tried to be in the playground I've done a French accent drew big eyebrows on um, no, trying to kick your uh, <laughs> yeah. Match. Yeah, you seen it. <laughs> yeah so he was he was probably the first footballer that I was that I was really into mm-hmm. and uh, I just I, I, I love the drama with him like even forget the Kung Fu kick as great as that was and I've got a little bit of a story about I have oh, a very very distant link to that it's not oh, really a link but something uh, but whenever Cantona, um, the comeback goal against Liverpool, where uh, where he just like dinked it over, I think it was it might have been David James and Nets, um, after his ban, and then he just turns to the camera yeah. and like in slow motion, just kind of stands there and just just expects to be adored, which he was. Uh, that that's one of my that's possibly my favorite moment ever in football. Uh, but yeah, I, I loved the guy. I thought he was I thought he was great. Yeah. And how are you being a uh, United fan as well, Darren? I was going to say the thing, whenever Shane was talking about not fully appreciating Cantona when he was there, I feel like in my memory as a kid, Cantona played for United forever, but he was actually only there for five years, and he very much missed a year via yep. injury and suspension. So he was only really, he was only really playing for four years. Mm-hmm. Roughly about 140 plus Yeah, games, I think like... I have his stats here. 143 games, scored 64 goals. Now, great for a midfielder, but obviously the other work he did, and he was probably one of the first people where the early incarnations of the Premier League were probably a lot less foreign players, a lot more English footballers, so it was a bit more rough and ready. And he was the first guy to come in. Well, not the first, but definitely more noticeable with a bit more of a silky touch, European kind of, basically just kind of a bit of sass to it, a bit of passion. Kind of looked a bit fancier than just kind of hoofing the ball. Well, I think his father was a tailor. Um, so he had like he had he came from that kind of background with a bit of style and obviously being French, but yeah he was he wasn't by any means prolific when he was at United and 
it's probably one of those things where like every team then played four four two in my mind anyway. Every team in the Premier League played four four two, and you had a big man and a wee man up front, and and I think maybe looking back on it, if Cantona was playing now or if they experimented more with tactics, you'd you'd have played him in the hole behind the striker. You know, like Berbatov or one of those players where you're like, even though he, he was like fit, like, but there's a con- misconception by Cantona. He was like lazy or he just dandered about, but but he, he didn't. But I think if you had played him like advanced midfield, I think he would have been even better. But yeah, he wasn't like a big goal scorer, but like the player for the big, like he would have scored his goals in the games that mattered. Uh, 1996 FA Cup final, which is famous for Cantona scoring with the, the arm and the bandage. And if United basically hadn't won that FA Cup, it would have been more famous for Liverpool's cream suits. Yeah, the Spice Boys. Yeah, if you remember, you have you ever seen I that? I remember none of this. Oh, I, 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 I'm, whenever we're in front of you, I will show you the photo. What of year it. was it? 96, I think it was. I was still a year old. Yeah, well, that's why I didn't watch it. Liverpool have, had cream suits for the FA Cup final. It was oh. sensational. And Catna uh, basically bagged the winner. It was sort of like a bit of a, a, a flutter in the box. Catna smack catches on the volley. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's like a real slow mo goal. Very hard to explain. Mm. Did you, sort of looking back, Shane, for the podcast, did you have any favourite? Any favourite goals or isn't? I just remembered that the the that goal it, it wasn't Liverpool, Liverpool it was Sunderland, um, where he chipped the keeper. My, um, I, I I just love the period where it probably wasn't his best football for United, but when when uh, Cantona in his last season where United was captain, um, I loved that because it was that that like dark red shirt. And, and he wore the white captain's armband and it, the shirt used to bunch around it. And I just loved the idea that he was not your typical captain. Yet Ferguson obviously like knew how to deal with him so well and made him captain. So I, I liked that era towards the end of Cantona. And that's probably when I was watching football properly, you know, like able, able to properly watch it. Um, I don't know if I have a fear. That Sunderland goal was outrageous. I think... Not Man United, but I think when he was playing for France, if I'm remembering this right, he scored a goal with his shoulder, yeah. uh, and and that that was one of my favorite Cantona moments. That just epitomizes the fact that he would have just tried tried anything, um, and yeah, just one of, one of my favorite moments. Cantona was United when when I, we I went to see a game, but the, my first United game might have been Everton at Old Trafford, and. Um, the, it, it was just a pass. It was just a pass that he made, and there was nothing. It wouldn't be in his highlight reel, but it was like a forty-yard pass just with the outside of the foot, and it was into somebody's path. So say it was like Dennis Irwin or something running down the channel. Canton, I hit it to where he was going, and I was watching, going, "How do you do? You know, you pass it to where the person is standing. You don't pass it to where they're going. Mm-hmm. So it was just that, like that level up. Whereas like, I didn't even know that's possible. If you want a good laugh, myself and Jordan were talking about it right before we came on air. That's actually the past that's referenced in... Have you ever seen Looking for Eric, the Ken Loach movie? Yes. No, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. If you haven't seen it, that's the bit he talks about. Um, the character's saying to Cantona, what's your best goal? What's your best moment? And he's like, oh, the goal against and he's naming all these goals he scored. And Cantona just goes, it was a pass. And then it shows the pass. It's Dennis Irwin, you're right. He hits it in the Irwin's path. Irwin finishes. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's outrageous. It's like, he's just not, not even looking. He just... And he doesn't smack it. It's so neat, so lovely. Yeah. Just drops in, but leads to a goal. It's not even a goal he scored himself. The, the player, the player that reminded me when he signed for United of Cantona, but 
definitely some characteristics weren't the same. Like this guy was not a leader at all, not really. Um, and he didn't really get the same passion from the fans or given. But Berbatov, like mm. Berbatov had that air about him of like, Berbatov's more of a luxury player, but it was just that thing of he might do something here that he's making up at the time. Like I think Jordan, was it West, was it West Ham? When Berbatov was like right at the corner line, like right uh, level with the goal. And he sort of like stepped over the ball and did a nutmeg on his way back in the play. Uh, it was more than likely, yeah. It was Rob Green and Nets for the majority of the yeah. time. Like, so more than likely. Like. Yeah, so Berbatov, like, I love it when United sign a player like that. Like, Van Persie's not the same player. But whenever United just bring in a player, and it was Ferguson doing it, that is just the right signing. Like, yeah. the fans absolutely love it. Like, Van Persie, again, at United a short time, but left, like, a big legacy. And, and yeah, there, there's loads of misconceptions about Cantona. The, the amount of games he played, um, yeah. like you say, he wasn't there for that long. He didn't play that much football. Um, but he was like, he was a complete workhorse. Like he was not a luxury player, like very strong, hold-up player, physical, dirty player as well. Like like some very like bad tackles. Yeah, all the best people are. A little tiny bit dirty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Your Balotelli's, your Joey Barton's, all them. You know? The link, the link I have to um, the Cantona kick, oh, yes. very distant link, is so yeah. Crystal Palace, obviously a guy been taunting Cantona for the game. Cantona uh, jumps into the crowd and does a fly kick. And to be fair, not the sweetest connection, but to go from the pitch into the stands with your boots still in the air and hit the guy is impressive. And I don't think I actually think he should have been rewarded for it. Uh, I don't think he should have been in trouble, but the in the picture, in like a row or two behind, there's a father and son. I think the father's wearing a leather jacket, and the dad kind of is looking on in shock with the arm around the son or something like that. That kid was in my cousin Michael's class in school, and that is my link to Eric Cantona. <laughs> that, is, that is a tenuous link. <laughs> what was it? Three degrees of separation. It's, yeah, yeah, it is a thing. Cousin Michael's man. <laughs> I, mean, I, feel bad. I feel bad for that kid because obviously he grew up as a Crescent Palace fan, so that's pretty <laughs> He's Taekwondo champion now. Oh, he's, he's not. He's not. He's not. Was he inspired? <laughs> no, yeah, he's not. Uh, I, I think it's kind of weird for me. Um, like growing up, I like I saw you know in the kind of like promos and stuff for Sky Sports, there was always you know that that one you mentioned, Shane, when Canton is looking off in like the middle distance. Um, like you see him there, and like I remember my dad and my brother talking about him. Um, uh, people who obviously were big fans of him. And my dad had a signed Eric Cantona shirt that hung in his office um, nice. for the majority of the time we were in Seinfeld. So, like, see it, like, always being exposed to some form of like, okay, I know this guy's a great, uh, a great football player. Uh, I kind of knew about the karate kick, not too much, obviously. Um, but my favorite thing that I've ever heard about uh, Eric Cantona is that allegedly he grew up in a cave. Have you heard this? No. Uh, no, serious? Have you not heard this? So I've apparently, uh, what was the um, place in France, uh, just outside Marseille? Was it Calor? Oh, the, the town you were, yeah, 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 that I can pronounce. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, apparently in the foothills, he lived in a cave and allegedly was a spy for the Germans during World War II. I mean, not sure about the spy, but 100% could see him living in a cave. He looks oh. like a caveman. 
Hang on, hang on. You know I mean? The game was like an outpost for the Germans. No, he's not old enough to be. Was his dad a spy? Because Erkan obviously wasn't alive during World War II. He's also not old enough to be a caveman. Yeah. <laughs> no, he was born in Marseille and his family home was a cave, which was rumored. Oh, sorry. Yeah, my bad. Uh, I'm going to blame that on dyslexia, um, which was rumored to have been once a lookout post uh, for the Germans in World War Two. I thought, like, I, Rona, who does our research, I thought she was fucking me there. Yeah, she might. She might have been. <laughs> I, Jordan, I, uh, Jordan, you're such a clickbait journalist. You're going to get that story. <laughs> Eric Cantona lived in a cave. Um, do you know what's really interesting about Cantona at United as well? Ferguson tried to sign about five players before Cantona um, to like to like fill a hole basically. Um, he tried to sign David Hurst, who was at Sheffield Wednesday. He tried to sign Matt Letizier, Brian Dean, and a couple others. And it's just always interesting to be like, what would that have been like if he hadn't brought Cantona in? If he if he had a sense like, I would have loved Letizier at United. Yeah. Was that when probably- he was for Hampton or? Yeah, yeah, it he, was. He was, was always Letizia. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it's not. It's, I don't want to take away from our account now, but do you know why Letizia wouldn't move to um move to United? Mm-hmm. Matt Letizia played his entire career in Southampton because he's from Guernsey. Yes. Yeah. And the boat that goes to Guernsey goes from Southampton, so he could nip home whenever he wasn't playing football. Or honestly, oh. God, that's true story. I know a guy from Guernsey. He, he just be in the local pub, and he was like, "I never won the league here." Like, so he lived in Southampton and would just go home when he had a day off. Like. Yeah, Letizia was a Cantona type player, like yeah. like total maverick on the pitch. He was, a one, he was a one man team, whatever. Like so, Eric Cantona was surrounded by great footballers. Matt Letizia was like rolling yeah. his own boat down at Southampton. <laughs> yeah, but um, and he he had a good record for France. I don't really remember him apart from that. Like I think it was a shoulder goal for France, which I saw on a highlight thing a couple of years ago. But uh, but he scored quite a lot for France. And yeah. again, like like United didn't have a long career playing for France, but. But definitely contributed with goals, and uh, also when he signed, I think he he, he cost Leeds a hundred grand. It was it was a hundred grand or, or two hundred grand, um, but like complete bargain signing for them. And then I'm not sure what went wrong for him at Leeds, but I know he fell out with um, I think the manager was Hard Wilkinson at the time, and Cantona basically said in a press conference, he's like, I'm either going to United, Liverpool, or Arsenal. Uh, uh, Liverpool turned him down, and he had, well, he had a trial at Sheffield Wednesday as well. Yeah, I'm not surprised because he was like he was such a bad influence. Like hard working, he's like very happy to sell him because he's like I'm getting rid of like the the poison from the dressing room. So yeah. that's nuts that Ferguson would bring him to a club like Man United mm. and uh, and take a take a punt on him. And the, <laughs> the only thing I find about I know as a United fan you can't. You can't say anything about Sir Alex, but like it seemed that when Cantona retired at 30 and was like, I don't want to play football anymore, it seemed that Fergie took it really bad from like a broken hearted way. And yeah. that thing came out not long ago of like, here's the letter that Ferguson wrote Cantona a couple like just after he retired. Yeah. And it's the most like, it's a letter you would write to an ex when you're 14. Ferguson's <laughs> all like, you were amazing and all, and no one, no one's really like you. And if you do, if you want to come back, you should come back because we're, we're doing, we're doing well. But we would really like to see you, and you're so brilliant, and like you know, fuck you, you know, like your chest hair and and all that kind of thing. It's just fucking weird. It's like Fergie, the guy wants to go and follow a trawler to smell sardines or whatever he wanted to do. You know, just leave him, leave him to it. The guy went to play beach football and be a fucking shit actor. Yeah, right. 
Um, do you think, um, because he finished his professional footballing career, obviously he went uh, and did the whole beach football with France, uh, playing and managing, but do you think it would have been, then now this is just hypothetical, but um, with ending his career with United, say he ended up going to somewhere like um, Dortmund or Lazio or somewhere else in Europe, do you think he would still have that kind of air about being an absolute legend, like the way he is? Or do you think that would have been slightly tarnished if he had left to go to another club? Oh, I think United fans would have been okay with him go, going. I mean, there was just confusion when he retired. There was no no real ill feeling. Like everyone, like when you sign a Maverick like that, like that's what you get. Like it's not going to be a long, a long thing. No. Um, but I think... Yeah, United fans are pretty forgiven. Like, if you look at them, and I think it probably again shouldn't say this, but probably is the fact that not all, not a lot of United fans are from. Well, there's a lot not from Manchester. So you mm-hmm. say, say like Burnley. Everybody in Burnley sports Burnley. So if a player were to leave Burnley and go to a rival, they're done. Yeah. But, but you know, a lot of Ireland were from Ireland were United fans that sort of thing. Peter Schmeichel is still seen. As a United hero, United legend, Peter Schmeichel played for Man City. He played for Villa. Yeah, you know, so so I think I think Cantona would have still been loved if he'd have gone anywhere else. But I don't think he would have done as well because when he went to United, he wasn't a star. He became a star there, so they got to like go on that journey with him. Mm. So I think if he was to go to say say Lazio or Dortmund, he would walk in a maverick and a big star. And they would have to just build everything around him. So mm. I don't think it would have worked for him. I, I actually think he made a great decision on Tarn when he did because he's not the sort of player who was ever going to play when he was 34, 35. So looking back on it, like United probably got as much out of him as they could. I, I mean, at the time he was he was on a massive wage. So what you were talking about the the problems that when he went to Leeds basically and went went on the good run. Um they owed Nimes nine hundred thousand for him. United paid a million for him. Yeah, but uh, his whole playing career is only it's like three hundred and forty games. It, it wasn't you know he didn't have record breaking caps. Uh, he played he played like up to two hundred games sort of amateur, but that's and youth career and stuff. But his actual professional career is not massive. So I think with stuff like the karate kick, the big the big game goals has definitely led to like a mysticism about him. Maybe mm, I think that you feel like he was doing more than he was kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, it's probably a thing though of of. It's like the beautiful game, like that's what everybody wants, and that's what he was able to do. So it doesn't matter how long he did it for. And of course, someone like like you're gonna look back so um, on his time with with like rose colored glasses because that was also the time when football was categorically at best. Mm. The, the the mid the late nineties was football. You know, Sky just pumped money into it. Like you had all these characters in the game, um, and and anybody could, you know, there was like big, big names in the Premiership. I mean, there still is now, but like football is a different game. Like they're all athletes. You're just basically yeah, yeah. watching a little finely tuned athletes. Back then, you had boys like Dean Windass who looked like your 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 great uncle. You know what I mean? Who's like scoring thirty yard screamers and Gaza and people like that. So, yeah, I think you're not just looking back at Cantona. A romanticized version of it. You're looking back at football at that time with a romanticized version of it as well. So it was like the perfect guy for the perfect time. Yeah, that's, that's, I think that's a, a beautiful way to end. 
I surprised myself and I nearly cried a single tear. Yeah, no, I, well, I was getting choked up there, man. I was like, Jordan's a West Ham fan and he's getting. Yeah, yeah. You just see the boner I have right now. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> that's not a microphone. <laughs> uh, but yeah, all that's left to do is, uh, no more. Thanks very much for coming on, Shane. Really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, any any last words for Canton? Not that like he's dying or anything like that, but if, if he uh, ever, last words, ever listens. The, I just double checked something there. The £1.2 million that United paid for Cam now was probably the best bit of business since they gave Oldham a hundred grand for Dennis Irwin. That's what I'd say. Yeah, and uh, what I would say is au revoir, long live the king. And just remember when the fish, I think I've got this right, when the fish follow the stena line, it is because they smell the people on it. Mm -hmm. Let's wrap this baby up. Um, so, uh, starting off Tuesday's games in the Champions League, Atletico Madrid are playing Chelsea and uh, Mussolini's team are playing Bayern Munich. <laughs> uh, I'm going to make, I'm gonna make uh, a stand now where I'm not going to call them by their name. They're just going to be referred to as Mussolini's team from now on. Okay. Can we, uh, can we use that for Spain as well, Franco's team? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yes, that's yes, fine. that's okay. good. Yeah. Okay, that's yours. And then... Uh, like you can say the L word and I can say the RM word, but yeah, okay. yeah, no, no, that's good. I'm excited. And so Atletico Madrid, Chelsea, who you got? Atletico or Chelsea? Uh, Atletico are obviously flying high, being top of La Liga. So Playing very well. Uh, honestly, probably Atletico, but you would hope that Chelsea would have a bit of um, enthusiasm with a new manager, but it hasn't exactly taken off great guns. So. Nope. Or Chelsea maybe finally to realize that it's maybe not the manager that keeps sacking all the time. Maybe what? change your team a bit. Yeah. Anyway. No. I mean, like if uh, uh, Avram. Oh uh, no. Uh, who's the guy that owns him again? I know. Oh, Roman Abramovich. Roman Abramovich. I was going to say. Who Avram can't even Dancer. come see them watch because he's not allowed in the country. I know, not legally allowed in the country. I think, it, like, if he could, he would just still have like Drogba up front for them, like. Yeah, it's probably it's probably full room seeing he's up there. Have you seen him recently? Drogba? No, is he massive? Bald as a cue ball. I have seen that. I saw he was yeah. bald, but yeah, I wasn't sure I, what he was doing. It's not even bald; it's aggressively bald. Um, <laughs> uh, so, uh, Bayern Munich are uh, playing uh, Mussolini's team. Uh, if anybody has a problem with me saying Bayern are going to walk this, uh, chat to me after, bro. Uh, you know, my my address is one two. I was gonna three, I was gonna say you should say that you're gonna be in the alleyway after the gig, but that's nothing to do with football. Yeah, yeah, uh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just me having a good time. Fucking <laughs> dick. <laughs> I, I was thinking of a way to put it like elegantly, like a double entendre, but I'm just like, nah, sucking dick. Do you uh, see the difference of of our styles of comedy where I allude to it and the 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 audience figured out and you just go sucking dick. <laughs> like you've told them they're supposed to think of that themselves. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm cutting at the middleman. Um, <laughs> uh, so the Nepal Premiership on Tuesday, Portadown are playing Larne, Carrick Rangers against Colerain, Cliftonville, Ballymena, Dungan and Glenavon and Bell Classico, Linfield against Glentor. Why do I get tongue tied all the time? Linfield against Glentoran. That could be because Glentoran won last time. Well, they drew last time they should have won. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, it was like the capitulation in like the fucking 89th minute or something like that. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That Those highlights probably be good. Um, Champions League on Tuesday, uh, we've got at Atlanta against Franco's team. 
I know, I know. That's Wednesday, not Tuesday. Uh, sorry, did I fuck it up again? No, it's fine. It's just it's on Wednesday because oh, I was yeah. I was looking did at Tuesday's games going. Oh shit, is it? Yeah, Tuesday was the other game. So oh, Wednesday shit, is yeah, Atalanta versus uh, Franco's Whites. Yeah, Franco's Whites. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, I, I I give it to Atalanta, um, just because. And, I, and I, it's not me even trying to be a contrarian. It's just the way how good Atalanta were last season. You know, beating Valencia at this stage last year, um, and like competing more than any Italian club for Juventus. I was gonna say Atalanta did Liverpool beat them? Not beat them two 0 in group stage. Yeah, yeah, but they're still they're still through anyway. So still through, you're, yeah, you're yeah. into the knockouts. Have a go. Exactly. Uh, and then uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach against Man City. Just just gonna stop you there. Is Borussia Mönchengladbach the best team name to say? It's one of them. It's up there, isn't it? Like, yeah, it definitely is. And you see, when you yeah. get it just right, you're just like, oh, that was butter <laughs> coming out of my mouth. <laughs> it was beautiful like <laughs> yeah. and I think we'll we go. just found the, the opening clip for this podcast episode <laughs> yeah. oh Let beautiful I love it when it's clear and you know that's the funniest thing I've said so um no um I mean like obviously the, the educated guess would be put your money on city but I don't know I'm giving it the glad back okay you're just being. Uh, I I think you're just being kind of uh, controversial at this point. No, no, no. Because just going off Man City's track record in the Champions League, and Fair knowing enough. and knowing that you know on their day they could probably take points off them, like even though it's not it's you know knockout not leagues, but still. Um, also on Wednesday, Tottenham are playing Wolfsburger again. Again, oh yeah, this is back to the the, the next the round. Second leg, yeah. So I reckon that's just yeah, that'll be easy enough for Spurs. Um, moving on to oh, Thursday, right? Okay, there. Uh, yeah, uh, okay, I'm gonna do this real quick. Uh, Ajax Lille, yes, uh, Arsenal Benfica, that will be interesting just because the last match was a draw. Uh, Rangers mm-hmm. are against Antwerp, uh, Napoli got beat 2 0 by Granada in the first leg, uh, yeah. so it'll be interesting to see what happens now. Uh, AC Milan against uh, Red Star Belgrade, uh, AS Roma against Braga, Dinamo Zagreb against uh, Krasnodar. Uh, Leicester against Slavia Prague, uh, Bayer Leverkusen against Young Boys. Um, uh, that made me laugh. Um, uh, Manchester United against Real Sociedad and PS3 against Olympiacos. I know I mentioned the majority of the clubs there that are playing, but there is a couple of really good tasty fixtures considering their last, um, the last round of fixtures that were on. Also, the Copa de Libertadores is back on, but like that's just it's qualifications and it's just happened. So I just kind of want to, uh, I've been watching too much South American football for me to be like, just, you know, back into it, if you know what I mean. Uh, especially since Boca didn't win it this year. Um, but on Friday, Lauren Linfield, uh, mm-hmm. Windsor Park, that'll be a doozy. That's a big one, isn't it? Because obviously that's one and two. First three second, yep. Uh, and then obviously Bremen against Frankfurt as well in the Bundesliga on Friday. But I'm just saying that is of no interest to anybody but me. Uh, and yeah. the other three people from Belfast that support Bremen. Um, moving on, Saturday. Saturday, baby. Now, call me Nostradamus. Early kickoff, baby. Now, call me Nostradamus, because I predict that, what was it, 18 games Man City have gone without getting beat? E- is it? I thought it was more than that. <laughs> oh, well, well, let me tell you this. Their their day their their or no wait their uh their days their are days numbered. Are, they're, yeah okay. yeah 
uh, because they're playing West Ham in the early kickoff on Saturday. And I no, I genuinely think it's either uh, it'll be another Arsenal game for Man City where they go 1-0 up and then just close it out, or it will be like a 0-0 or 1-1 draw. I, I would hope that there would be a bit of optimism from both teams and just kind of try and score because Man, Man City are at home as well. But mm. do you know what? Here, look, lads, you're West Ham. You're now competing for a European place. Just give them hell. You're expect you're not expected to win the game anyway. Go out mm. and fucking go all guns at them. Fair. Um, I get the reanimated corpse of fucking Dean Ashton up there. That's what we need. Uh, West Brom against Brighton. Who you got? West Brom, Brighton. I they're both terrible, but I would go. Yeah. I mean, at this point, Brighton aren't too far out of out of to be in safe right? themselves. So mm-hmm. it's a big deal. West Brom still need points. Uh, it's getting no point if you're playing a team like Brighton. One point's no good to you. It's probably yeah. right for Big Sam to take one point off a top team. Mm, but not for Brighton. Yeah. Or, or beat United like fucking they did. <laughs> but yeah, I would... Mm, hard to tell. Nobody is exactly exciting attacking football. Yeah, right. And West Brom's at home. Do you know what? Probably give it to West Brom. If they're going to uh, beat anybody, it's going to be a Brighton. Yeah, nil-nil, I say. Yeah. Because, you know. Thriller. Uh, okay. Are you ready for goals, Darren? I am always Are ready for Are you ready for goals? Leeds yeah. are playing Aston Villa at home. Yeah. There will be goals. <laughs> Starring Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah. I Starring your own milkshake. Yeah. Le- Leeds v Aston Villa. Starring, name me one defender from either team who's decent. There we go. That's... Uh, 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 well, Stuart Dallas is more midfielder this season. And I don't want to say Tyrone Mings because he's not a good defender. Um, so yeah. uh, Newcastle... Tyrone Mings loves getting booked. Loves getting booked. Yeah. It's, it's weird. I, I think he's got a, like that bonus clause in his contract where he's just like, <laughs> you know, normally for keepers, it's like, I keep five clean sheets. So I get like 20 grand. Yeah. <laughs> he goes like, oh, if I collect enough yellow cards, I get a red card. <laughs> um, Newcastle at home against Wolves uh, up at St. James's Park. Late kickoff. Mm. What do you think? Newcastle will continue to slide. Um, yeah, that's I, well, that's what I hope. Uh, no offense to Newcastle fans or Mick or anyone, but you just need follow up now. I you just need to put your money where the mouth is. Yeah, I don't yeah. mind if Brighton go down instead in Newcastle. That's all I'm saying. That's all I like. I'd be happy with that because um, yeah. I don't think that Danny Welbeck <laughs> belongs in the Premiership anymore. But I would like that kind of you know the one thing I'm right about is something that doesn't really matter to me at all um yeah. and then sunday there are there are games aplenty uh another london derby crystal palace against fulham okay possible possible chance for fulham to get points then this is oh, this boy. is big but, but it, is at Selhurst. Well. it is at selhurst park as well i don't really think i'll be much of a um an issue with uh you know no crowd in the stadium but uh leicester against arsenal uh, leicester at home king power I go Leicester not one if James Madison's on like, form and mm. uh, Jamie Vardy v the Arsenal defence yeah yeah exactly Leicester. and Kasper Schmeichel is back to giving up w- one week goal and then playing a blinder for the rest of the game that's yeah. his like the, he like lets the goal in as like almost like just kind of like self motivation yeah yeah that was taught by his father um, <laughs> uh, Tottenham against Burnley look wouldn't be surprised if any of the I'd be very surprised if it wasn't nil-nil, but then also wouldn't be surprised if Tottenham won or Burnley won. It's just, that's what Spurs are like this season. Like, yeah, um, pretty much. Game game of the weekend, I say Chelsea against United. Um, I see United taking all three points, although it is at Stamford Bridge. 
I would love to be optimistic and say that, but I would potentially, if Chelsea just decide to frustrate, you're looking at a draw. Mm. Very strange. But, it, you know, it depends. I mean, look, as I say, United can be uh, inspirational and then absolutely devastating to your psyche in two different attacks. So it's, it's hard to know. Who knows? They break, they break very slow, but we'll see what happens against Chelsea because... Yeah, team sheets should be good though. I'd say it'll be a good show. Yeah. With a bit of luck, it'll be a good game, but you're not always guaranteed that sometimes when the big teams play each other, they're the worst games to watch. That's all, yeah, as we've proven several times. Liverpool, this. Liverpool, Man City was yeah. one of the worst games ever. Yeah, diabolical, diabolical, diabolical. That's what I was trying to say. Um, I thought it was, so, is this another name for a game? <laughs> um, so, uh, Sheffield United, uh, if we're looking at it rationally, that dishes are done for them, you know. Turn yeah. the oven out, stick a fork in them. They're done. Yeah, this this should be Liverpool's means of getting their confidence back up again by sticking in four past Sheffield. You say that, but could it be a potential three points for Sheffield? Uh, you mean just because Liverpool are so low on themselves at the minute? It could be. It's just a capitulation where it's like, you know, when you, you think you've hit rock bottom and then you're like, okay, I can re- rebuild my life here. But you realise you're only on like a shelf on the cliff uh, and then yeah. you go over and like then you hit rock bottom that would be getting beat by Sheffield yeah this isn't like it's not rock bottom yet you're just stuck in a tree halfway up the cliff right yeah 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 so, fair enough uh yeah it'll be very interesting a lot of really good games but uh let's get to what all the people want right which, the yeah, which challenge? This, this is this is why we do this last <laughs> uh keep so them hopefully here you've had Hopefully you've had to listen to the entire thing first. Yeah, <laughs> we we should do it like uh, halfway through the podcast. We just like mention a password, and then we have like a security guard who sit, like stands by the person listening to the podcast and only lets them progress to the trivia round to make sure if they tell him the password. Um, yeah, and we change it every week, so you know, don't be trying to cheat <laughs> us. <laughs> okay, right. Let, let's let's just do this before I start. The first time we recorded this, I got two out of three. Okay. Oh, did you? Um, I did. did. I got two out of three. Okay. okay. The, the okay. episode that no one will ever hear. <laughs> now, all I'm saying is, I get two out of three in this. If I get not out of three, I am accusing you outright of fucking up the episode we, we recorded. You definitely burnt the file or, I don't know, <laughs> throw it yeah. away the floppy disk. <laughs> Or yeah, I burnt my hard disk, right? <laughs> yeah, I burnt my hard drive for uh, <laughs> like just something completely different. Um, so number one, now I gave you the uh, uh, I gave you the answer earlier on in the podcast today. So let's see oh, how geez. good you were listening. Okay, where was the stadium where the Philadelphia Eagles beat the New England Patriots to win the Super Bowl? Minnesota, correct. One 0 Oh, thank God. Yeah, no, you did well there. Yeah, nice. Okay, so obviously uh, we all know of the Boston Red Sox being the premier baseball team from Boston. But can you tell me what the original professional baseball team from Boston was called? The original baseball team? Jesus, surely the Red Sox have been around forever. Uh, 1904. 1904, they're from. So... Oh, okay. So there's a team there before them. Ah, Jordan, I have no idea. The original team? Yeah. Was it Can Was it like it? the Boston Paddy Wagons or something? Oh, no, no, man. Uh, the Boston Braves. One that got that. Um, oh, I'm thinking of, Braves. yeah, it's Atlanta Braves. And, oh, I always mix them up with the Cleveland Indians because both of them probably aren't very PC names. Right. <laughs> 
Um, uh, so uh, this last question, I'm just double checking, so I'm sure. Uh, just oh, you fact checking? Okay, I'll I'll, yeah. fill, I'll fill some time. He's making these up. He's he's basically making them harder or softer depending on how well I did in the previous question. So. <laughs> You never know, folks. You might be nice to me on the last question because the last one I was like, I'm sorry, what? Uh, okay, so give me... Now, there's a number of different uh, answers for this. So there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Uh, now, tell me one club that has never been relegated from the first flight division in the English game. So what do you mean? Are they like a they're a Premier League team now, but they've always been in the top flight? Well, they've never been. No, just a team that has never been relegated. So, but yeah, that pretty much implies that they're Premiership. Yeah. No, I mean, I just mean because obviously there was the old First Division, and like yeah, even yeah. United got relegated out of that. So, yeah, yeah. so did so did Liverpool. Mm. Um, hmm, a team who has never been relegated. Uh, my guess would be Arsenal. Correct. Oh, thanks for. So yeah, no, you got two two out of uh, two out of three this week as well. All right. Complete uh, on capitulation. But uh, to be fair, Arsenal uh, was it was less than a safe bet. Oh yeah, yeah. Who who um who were the other teams? If so, I may ask. Oh, of course you may. So just just uh, for the just for the pub quiz people listening at home that that will this will be used at some point later. Um, Arsenal, Everton. Tottenham Hotspur. Okay. Who have never been relegated. Never been relegated. And are you ready for this? Yeah. Brighton. What? Brighton. This is the first time they've been in the Premiership. Oh, so they've never been in to be relegated. Oh, Mm -hmm. that's very clever. You sneaky bastard. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. uh, All that's left to do is thank the various people who made this podcast possible. Uh, thank you, Darren, um, for re-recording this. Even though I, it was probably my re- my fault that the the uh, the first file fucked up. Um, I would no, also... no. Hey, hey, look, you're using the Mac. We swap from laptop to Mac, so this I know, is right? Well, so he's dead, but fuck him. Uh, it is possibly the worst mistake we've made. Um, I mean, like we talk about betting on teams every single week. Uh, and for some reason we decided to bet on Mac and we have lost um, uh, I would also like to thank Shane a lot for coming on the podcast that was thank a you, really Shane. great story time um, I would also like to thank Rona for doing a bunch of research thanks to Johnny Bo for doing all the Photoshop stuff for the Instagram and uh, thank you Jordan for uh, just being yourself dude I was I was waiting for you to stop talking so I could then thank you you know that when you're emceeing a gig and then yeah. If thank everybody and then you do one more time for your headliner. That was your that was supposed oh, so to be your I, Am I headlining this gig? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you're doing a lot more work than me. So listen, gentlemen, yeah. get off for one more time. Mr. Jordan Robinson, thank you very much. Woo! Yeah. Uh yes, thank you. So I've been Jordan Robinson. That was Darren Matthews. See you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Boom. Bye.